Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new edition of the OPC Foundation podcast, the home of industrial interoperability. My name is Peter Seberg, and I am your host. Today, we'll be talking to Hari Rajan Patmanaban. I hope I pronounced that correctly. We'll hear that. And Hari, as he allowed me to call him, is the founder and CEO of HPAT Incorporated. Harry and I will talk about mental models. I believe that's going to be the main topic, but also about deep enterprise architecture and digital transformation and how any of these relate to OPC UA. Hello, Harry. How are you doing? Hi, Peter. I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? Fine. Thank you. Yeah, we actually have a bank holiday here today where I'm. I'm not sure if that's the case with you, but nevertheless, no problem. Everything's fine. Thank you. No bank holiday here today, yeah, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, Harry, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Uh, tell us a bit about your company, HPAT, and how you relate to the OPC Foundation and OPC UA as a technology. Yeah, Peter. So, uh, my company is uh, HPAD Inc. Uh, Incorporated. I uh, founded it uh, uh, four years ago to um, develop and uh, make uh, available method and technology for companies to uh, transform themselves more efficiently and effectively with uh, all of these uh, technologies, uh, digital technologies, and today it's uh, AI. You know, companies are uh, trying to figure out what all of that means uh, to the uh, business, whatever the business is, or uh, whatever the enterprise is about, and how can they leverage uh, these uh, technologies uh, most effectively? Yeah, so that's uh, really uh, the uh, what my company is about to provide uh, technology to do that. In terms of uh, what I do in the company, like I said, I founded this company, but I, I do provide consulting services for customers to uh, apply this approach and this technology in digital transformation. And we'll talk about that technology a little bit uh, later, I am sure. Sure, more come to that. Yeah, and my company is also a member of the Open Group, Open Process Automation Forum. Okay. And uh, this forum is focused on developing, you know, defining an open standard, a standard of standards in the process control and automation space. And in the forum, OPAF, as we call it, OPAF, uh, we, I am uh, co-chairman of... Uh, the Enterprise Architecture Working Group, and uh, through this group, I, um, you know, I'm contributing to applying uh, the Enterprise Architecture Discipline in the development of uh, this OPAS standard. OPC UA is the standard that is adopted by the Open Process Automation Forum, so it is part of the OPAS standard for communication framework uh, all the way from uh, the uh, field devices uh, you know, through OT and into IT and business systems. And um, I first got introduced to OPC UA through uh, my activities uh, in this forum. I myself uh, was new to the OT space. I came from the IT uh, domain. And so uh, I um, did not uh, really know a lot about uh, OT systems uh, nor about OPC UA. Uh, but that's how I got introduced. Sounds great. Tell us a bit more about yourself, maybe. How did you get yourself on this journey that you just shared with us? 
Well, my uh, technology journey started 35 years ago when I completed a master's degree in uh, computer science. And I pursued uh, the master's degree in computer science in order to teach myself uh, the information technology and how to apply it to, to uh, uh, you know, to create a better world, right? And so that was uh, my motivation. And prior to that, uh, I um, had a couple other degrees in two different fields. So I guess I was uh, kind of trying to figure out what uh, I wanted to do in life. But my prior uh, to the computer science, I went graduate school and got a master's degree in educational technology, and that was focused on using computers and other media technologies to teach people. And uh, uh, my undergraduate study was in uh, chemical engineering. I uh, pursued that. I mean, I grew up in India, and you know, those days, uh, if one does well in mathematics and physics and chemistry, you know, you are going to be an engineer, and that was the track I was on. But, uh, you know, I loved it, loved engineering, but got uh, interested in uh, life uh, in general and uh, contributing uh, to the world, etc. you know, ended up uh, in this uh, track. You know, in the information technology career, over the 35 years, I've been involved in a lot of different industries, uh, more than a dozen, uh, like education, insurance, uh, uh, semiconductor manufacturing, and the, even the military and healthcare and so on. And uh, also, out of the 35 years, I spent 12 years, the first 12 years, my formative years in the tech career were in the Silicon Valley. I started off in computer development at Amdahl Corporation in Sunnyvale, California, and the industry was changing, and I got into the early dot-com space and startups and all of that. But in the last... Ten years, I have been focused on the manufacturing industry. Sounds great. Amda Corporation. Not every listener will have heard of Amda, a mainframe corporation in the time that you were working there. So after what you've been sharing with us, what is it that led you to start thinking, dealing with mental models, the topic for today? Yeah, Peter, as a, even as a teenager uh, growing up in India, I uh, was influenced uh, by an Indian uh, philosopher whose uh, teachings got me thinking about how our uh, human mind, how does the mind deal with uh, complexities and conflicts in, in lives, in our lives, right? And his teachings focused a lot on our own minds, how the human mind is conditioned by our own experiences, right? And um, that what we perceive as truth is influenced by our own conditioning. And so that sort of got me uh, started into looking at mental models uh, in uh, my own education and uh, development. So that's basically how I got into that. Sounds like I think I've just been listening over the weekend a couple of interviews on YouTube, I believe, by you know folks who were talking about, of course, these days, and I think we talk about that later on as well, ChatGPT, and exactly this topic that you just referred to, that you started thinking about, not going to put a, put a year <laughs> to it, but where you said as a teenager growing up, and you were thinking about, you know, the truth and reality. You know, we are as a as a society, 
in the very middle of that, right? You know, when we get answers from models, large language models, there's the other connection like ChatGPT, and we sometimes very obviously get the non-truths, you know, the, the nonsense, so to say. But I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Maybe you, you want to tell us a little bit more about and and then maybe we go towards the technology and towards how that connects then later on to OPC UA. You know, I'll drop the name information model here, but yeah, tell us a little bit more then about what that meant from the beginning or what mental models have been meaning to you then in the course of your, you know, business life. Uh, yes, um, uh, Peter, my... Uh... It wasn't clear for sure though, when it was happening, right? And this was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, I had this uh, training or introduction as a teenager, as a young you know, engineering student. I had no idea what uh, the mental models uh, had to do with my profession or what I was preparing for through my education. What happened is as Amdahl Corporation, not many people may know today, but that was a mainframe computer company and um, Amdahl was making mainframe computers that uh, were compatible with IBM mainframe computers. And uh, the uh, approach of making compatible mainframe computer was made possible uh, through uh, an abstraction approach to separate hardware architectures from software. And that was the foundation of Amdahl Corporation and uh, that was Gene Amdahl, who started Amdahl, who was uh, who came from IBM after leading that uh, mainframe uh, initiative in the early 60s. So the abstraction was my connection, I think. Abstractions are really mental models, right? So uh, in the technology path in the Silicon Valley, I, uh, I started noticing that um, the... Uh, technology space was uh, getting very complex already, uh, going from the mainframe model to the client server and the uh, early uh, internet uh, technologies-based solutions for the for the enterprises. Uh, there were a lot more moving parts coming in, and uh, things were getting very complex. And uh, I um, was uh, trying to figure out, get my arms around this uh, complexity itself and what was uh, causing that, right? I uh, noticed that uh, often we were forming mental models of uh, the technology solutions based on our understanding of how a technology worked. Perhaps that would have been just fine in the early days when there weren't that many moving parts and technologies, but... uh, all of these uh, technologies changing all the time and so many moving parts, you know, anchoring our mental models to specific technologies itself uh, was uh, the problem, uh, was how I felt. I felt that uh, we were creating mental models focusing on specific uh, technologies. For example, how does uh, a client-server application work? And we don't stop at the functional level there. We think in terms of client-server application using specific vendor technologies. And uh, that uh, leads us to uh, uh, fragmented mental models of uh, how the technology solution works because uh, somebody else, some other enterprise uh, uh, or some uh, some other team in your own enterprise uses a different technology to develop their application or solution, they end up thinking of it differently. So can we make a link to, you know, the topic, the 
podcast we're about here, OPC UA technology, and maybe we can come back to fragmentation. But can you make a link from what we were just discussing to, you know, one of those technologies, you know, the OPC UA architecture, including having an information model? Yeah, so OPC UA technology, the information model and the communication framework is the fundamental value of OPC UA. And the actual information model is enabling the communication using the framework throughout the enterprise. But if you think about how we define information models, we think of what data or you know what information needs to pass through from where to where, right? And but that's a mental model. Right. We get down to actually, you know, implementing or defining the model. We end up uh, choosing one technology or the other. I'm not uh, too familiar with the development of the OPC UA framework itself, but uh, as I got introduced to OPC UA in the Open Process Automation Forum, one of the uh, questions that I had for the experts was, hey, can I see an abstract capability, uh, kind of a functional model of uh, OPC UA? And I was told that is uh, not something that uh, exists, right? Because uh, what exists is the definition of the information model and the uh, architectures or the framework described and how to use the technology to build the solution. But the abstract uh, a function-centered model uh, did not exist. It existed in the minds of the people during the creation of the standard, and it was continuing to be developed that way. So is that something you're giving back now then to the OPC Foundation people? Uh, is that something that you feel users of the OPC UA technology uh, are missing these days? Well, you know, it's like there is a practical issue there. Yes, that's a comment that I have made to the OPC Foundation people, including uh, Stefan Hoppe, when we were talking uh, last fall. But And the thing is, it is not just OPC UA missing this, right? I'm, uh, my point is the technology uh, space, uh, the domain, you know, is missing it, the discipline, right? We tend to gravitate uh, more toward implementations, and we focus on making implementations happen that we uh, don't uh, capture and manage our mental models more transparently. They stay in our minds. Okay. So are you suggesting we need to be, or we should consider thinking at a higher level, like what you call, I believe, the enterprise uh, architecture? Yes, that is what uh, what I'm saying. Uh, because the reason for that is uh, mental models you can retain in your mind and then create these uh, what I call logical level models for information or technology or even the enterprise, right? There are other aspects of the enterprise, but they stay fragmented that way. And what we need is uh, holistic thinking. We need to bring a way to uh, look at the problem, whatever domain realm the problem is in, we need a way to be able to uh, see holistically, meaning from many different perspectives that problem in order for us to uh, define a solution. And uh, we are not able to do that because we don't uh, capture these mental models in any way or formally to stitch these together. 
Now I'm gonna gonna make a big jump here. I just uh, made a reference to it, but it feels like almost like since a couple of weeks with ChatGPT and stuff like that. So I am gonna make that jump, that connection question right now, and ask you like, you know, as you say, if we humans maybe have not been doing and um, thinking at that level enough, how is maybe and and we've seen examples, I believe, artificial intelligence, AI in this, what you call deep enterprise architecture, capable of helping us, you know, thinking at that level? That's a good question, uh, Peter. Um, so I came into AI in a different route, right? I wasn't focused on the AI technology as much as uh, the enterprise problem, as you just uh, you know, alluded to in your question. The uh, AI itself, uh, like large language models-based application like ChatGPT, that builds knowledge of uh, and data about the enterprise using deep neural networks. And really, at the end of the day, it works, but it's a black box, right, in terms of how the AI actually you know, comes up with the answer that uh, you are hearing or you're getting. But uh, in the enterprise space, the companies need to... Uh, have more transparency how the answer uh, for a question or how a recommendation for a question or a decision is made. And that is important for any enterprise in any industry. AI being a, a black box, it, uh, it doesn't provide a way for businesses to uh, or enterprises to uh, deliberate on things, uh, their intent, their business models, their purpose, right? And to use AI as a capability to serve uh, their intent. And that is where I think uh, the biggest uh, issue is uh, when applying AI in the enterprise. Right. Of course, there are other things like security, confidentiality, etc., etc. But at the end of the day, you got to be able to deliberate and use AI as a technology capability. So questioning, like, why do we even then need something like deep enterprise architecture when AI, such as ChatGPT, can or seems to be capable of giving us all the answers? So the enterprise architecture teaches us, it's a discipline. Oh, yeah. uh, it teaches us how to uh, represent different interests or aspects of uh, an enterprise uh, uh, from uh, technology to manufacturing, assets to uh, business processes, so all the way to the vision, if you look at bottom-up or top-down, from vision onwards down to how you are going to make and uh, market and sell your products and uh, services, right? And uh, that way to understand how the enterprise uh, works and how to manage uh, the your own every firm is different. Every enterprise is different, and uh, they have an intent. And the enterprises would like to uh, run their company, their business, the way they intend for it to do so. Right with uh, ChatGPT providing answers to your questions. Well, uh, even if the answers uh, get better and more accurate and correct and all of that, then what? <laughs> I mean, do we run our uh, businesses uh, based on a series of uh, questions 
or you know do, do we not form an intent and try to achieve that intent in our deliberated ways right right and each enterprise is different as i said so how does a technology which is a black box which can answer all questions how is that going to uh, make uh, uh, you know differentiate companies how is it going to uh, uh, create an ecosystem of uh, uh, you know, uh, various products and services and competition and market and all of that. Right. So how then does all of this apply to the OPCUA technology, for example? Well, OPCUA technology is about uh, communication across the enterprise. The uh, intent of the enterprise, uh, uh, as you know, you know, OPC UA is really the IT OT convergence. Uh, you know, OPC UA is uh, is applied everywhere in the enterprise. If you're looking at uh, a problem from, uh, uh, say, a business uh, process perspective, right, and uh, you are uh, looking for information from. Uh, uh, another part of the enterprise, perhaps uh, you know, from a product that is running in uh, in the field in a car or something, and you're going to think through uh, these um, needs, right? And how your technology is uh, going to uh, to to work. And yes, OPC UA makes it uh, pretty straightforward to design and implement a, a solution like that. But the technical solution is uh, achieving that uh, is not in isolation, right? The technical solution is uh, created for a real world, which is made up of many different uh, uh, forces that are also uh, determining what your solution will do and when it will work, etc. Such as, for example, you know, government regulations, right? And uh, government regulations uh, uh, can change, and they are different from uh, one uh, region to another, one, one city to the other, or one country to the other, and so on. And uh, uh, being able to uh, modify and provide the flexibility in your solution to be able to accommodate and change and be flexible to these changing uh, requirements itself requires uh, a process of architecting. Uh, determining your requirements, instrumenting your solution in such a way that uh, your solution can be flexible and not require the uh, engineers or software engineers to go in and modify each time you know that uh, customization has to be made. How do we drive uh, such uh, solutions uh, toward the more autonomous, more uh, you know uh, flexible, automated uh, direction, right? OPC UA provides the communication mechanism, but you still need to think about all of these other aspects of uh, your solution. And that is where the mental models are uh, come in the, into the picture as a way to provide that holistic approach. Right. So maybe as a close to, to bring the two together, so how can the deep architecture, technology, artificial intelligence, chat, GPT, the specific elements in combination with or for OPC UA, what kind of benefits and value can they bring? Can you give us some examples there? Yeah, so I was talking about the enterprise architecture as a discipline and uh, what uh, how I'm pursuing and what I think has got great potential is uh, the approach to uh, 
to use AI as a capability, as a technology to create uh, such a deep enterprise architecture for any enterprise. And uh, that itself is a problem. So there is a discipline of, okay, you can use enterprise architecture approach to think about all aspects of the enterprise and stitch them together. Theoretically, uh, even if that can work, practically to do that manually is uh, not possible. Not only more too complex, but it's too big a problem and uh, it changes all the time. And so what I am focused on is to apply AI as a technology, starting with natural language uh, technologies, to connect to the mental models of people, which will be in fragments, obviously, but they can be connected. AI can do a good job of uh, connecting all of these, uh, provided you make this stitching together computational problem, right? And I believe it can be done. And so AI would strictly be the technology to create this deep enterprise uh, architecture capability. Now, such technology, you still have to apply this in the various uh, domains and where these enterprises operate and solve the enterprise-specific uh, you know, problems. So you, you see what I'm saying? There are two levels of uh, AI here. You use AI in our business, in our enterprises. I am talking about using AI as a capability to help make that uh, you know, big picture possible. I don't know if I'm answering your question, Peter. I think that's a great putting it all together in the end, as you say, not for, if I understand it correctly, the day-to-day -day use of uh, AI, but more the bigger picture, what you call the mental models and uh, the use of, uh, of deep enterprise architecture and how it applies to OPC UA technology. Thank you very much for that, Harry. If you, dear listener, if you want to learn more about OPC UA technology, about OPC Foundation, you may want to listen to the preceding OPC Foundation podcast editions or visit a website at uh, opcfoundation.org. If you have a proposal for topics or maybe you want to become a member of the OPC Foundation, you can send an email at office at opcfoundation.org. It was great to have you with us today. If you liked what you heard, give us a thumbs up. Spread the news and looking forward to have you with us again. And uh, Harry, thank you very much for having been my guest today. Peter, thank you very much for having me. Bye-bye.